us again at Delisted the Podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. The Power of the Dog is a Western movie on Netflix that was directed and written by Jane Campion. It's based on the 1967 novel by Thomas Savage. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Jesse Plemons, Kirsten Dunst, Cody Smith-McPhee. It's nominated for 12 Oscars. Allison, you saw it, right? I did. Okay, how would you describe it? to others okay i would describe it as very dusty it looks like it is very dry and dusty and there are some uh cattle ranchers it's uh, a period piece so there's lots of uh lace and teacups and things and um it's like very i would say it's like a very good movie it's very quiet and there's a lot of like introspection like people looking at each other that's how I describe it. It's very the piano, but set in the Wild West. Yeah, it's like a psychological Western. Mm-hmm. It deals with jealousy, resentment, love, gayness. Mm-hmm. Which, which, Michael, I didn't get until like the end of the movie. Like, I would say that it is not, it is not heavy handed in its gayness. Well, no. But a, a huge theme is its gayness. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. We won't give away <laughs> yeah. big spoilers, but that is, yeah, it, it's a huge theme. So if you ask Sam Elliott to describe the power of the dog to you, he would probably tell you to go outside, find a pile of dog shit, and stare at it because that is like watching Power of the Dog. Because that's how much he hated this movie. He fucking hated it. He thinks it's trash. And he would think the dog shit viewing should be nominated for oscars over power of the dog he would definitely think that yes so um and if it wasn't if the dog shit wasn't wearing chaps oh definitely all the oscars if it's wearing chaps it's gay too so it doesn't deserve the recognition as well Mm -hmm. because sam elliott he had a lot of words to say about it so he's an actor he's 71 He was most recently in A Star is Born, which he got his first Oscar nomination for. But he's been in everything. He's had a 55-plus year career. He's been in Mask, Roadhouse, Rush, Tombstone, Gettysburg, The Big Lebowski, The High Low Country, Up in the Air, Gunsmoke, The Mission Mission Impossible TV series. So he goes way back. He's old. (laughs) And that Yellowstone thing, 1883. Yeah. And if you have, if you cannot picture what Sam Elliott looks like, you at least know his voice because he did all those truck commercials in like the early two thousands, I think. Chevy Chevy Ram, I can hear his voice talking about Chevy Rams right now. Yeah, and he's been in a lot of westerns, so that's mm-hmm. probably why he thinks he's like an authority on westerns. And according to him, Power of the Dog, as we said, is shit. So he was on Mark Maron's podcast. The subject of Power of the Dog came up, and Sam went off. He had a lot of things to say about it. His biggest issue seems to be the gayness of the movie. Mm -hmm. He went on about how the cowboys were running around looking like Chippendales dancers because (laughs) they were shirtless in chaps. Like he has this, he's really hung up on these chaps. I know. He's like talking like the power of the dog. I think that he wasn't watching the power of the dog. I think he was watching the music video for Madonna's Don't Tell Me. 
Like, you know her, like, Western <laughs> music Is video? there shirtless men in that? There's, like, sexy cowboys in it. You're close enough. Yeah, that's yeah. probably what he was watching. So he said... That's what all these f***ing cowboys in that movie looked like. Uh-huh. They're all running around in shaps and no shirts. There's all these illusions of homosexuality yeah. Yeah. throughout the f***ing movie. Yeah. I think that's what the movie's about. Mark did let Sam know that one of the movie's big, big themes is homosexuality. Mm -hmm. And Sam, that didn't, that kind of went over his head. So he said, I mean, Cumberbatch never got out of his fucking chaps. He had two pairs of chaps, a wooly pair and a leather pair. And every fucking time he would walk in from somewhere, he never was on a horse, maybe once. He'd walk into the fucking house, storm up the fucking stairs, go lay in his bed in his chaps and play his banjo. It's like, what the fuck? Where's the Western in this Western? <laughs> uh, to me, there is nothing more Western than chaps. Like, if I was going to make a Western movie, I would just tell the wardrobe, everyone in chaps. No matter what, they're in the shower, they're in chaps. They're at church, they're in chaps. They're getting they're getting delivered from the womb wearing chaps. And I don't remember all the chaps like Sam does. I remember Benedict on a horse more than I did in his chaps. But Sam is like, like his ass is chapped yeah. over these chaps. I know. I remember Benedict Cumberbatch being naked. He was not wearing chaps when he was naked. But according to Sam Elliott, that's all he was wearing was chaps all the time. And and honestly, like Sam going off on this movie makes me want to watch it again. Because yeah, I, I got a lot of boring. And here he's calling it like men are running around shirtless with woolly chaps, all kinds of chaps, woolly chaps, leather chaps, all kinds of chaps. And now I'm like, um, he's really selling me on this movie. And I already saw it. I may rewatch it because of him to take I, in all this gayness that I, offended him. I know he's making it seem like it's the birdcage set in Nebraska or something like that. It's just wall to wall, shirtless guys, just chaps, just hanging out, flexing their muscles. You know, sometimes they're like uh, doing like a lasso trick. But for the most part, they're just standing there like vamping in their chaps. He's painting it like it's that um, gym scene in the Euphoria play, but in chaps and Western. And I'm like. You're going to get a lot of angry emails, Sam, from gays who are like, what? You told me there was like half naked men running around in chaps all in this movie. And all I see is long stares and dust. Oh, yeah. Longing. Silence. Yeah. <laughs> cold, cold, lonely winters. And he's like, there's too many. There's too many gay men in chaps in this movie for me. And like. Sam, you know, he thinks he's the authority on Westerns or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, bitch, you're from Sacramento and Portland. Yeah. <laughs> I could not think of two less westerny cities in the United States, in the continental United States. Maybe Hawaii. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maine. Maine might be the only less westerny place than Sacramento and Portland. Yeah, and it's like, listen, talk about Ladybug, because that took place in Sacramento. So you yes. know that, Sam. You know that. Yes. But anyway, so he um, he was also pissed at the movie was shot in New Zealand. It takes place in Montana, but shot in New Zealand. So he's mad about that. And he called Jane Campion a brilliant director, but he went in on her too. So he said, what the fuck does this woman from down there know about the American West? Why the fuck did she shoot the movie in New Zealand and call it Montana and say this is the way it was? That fucking rubbed me the wrong way. I just came from Texas where I was hanging out with families, not men, but families. 
big, long, extended, multiple generation <laughs> families that made their living and their lives were all about being cowboys. And boy, when I fucking saw that movie, I thought, what the fuck? Where are we in this world today? He's really upset about this. I know. Also, he, he's like apparently a huge stickler for realism coming from the man who uh, voiced not one, but two characters in the movie Marmaduke about a not real dog. <laughs> like, Did he voice Marmaduke? No, he didn't. So, you know, he's not a total authority on CGI dogs. But still, it's like, uh, suspend, your de- suspend your belief for a little bit, Sam Elliott. It's the movies. It's not called documentary. It's not called Western documentary. <laughs> and gay cowboys exist, have existed. This is not yeah. like a fairy tale. <laughs> Men have worn chaps. Wooly chaps, even. So this is not some kind of fairy tale. And it's like, his comments are nonsensical. They're homophobic. But hasn't he seen Brokeback? Oh, I was going to say, Michael, don't tell him about Brokeback Mountain. He won't be able to handle it. Because also Brokeback Mountain, again, not filmed in the U.S. It's filmed in Alberta. So he and we don't want him going off on Ang Lee. Yeah, Ang Lee doesn't need this. I want to know, it's like, what Western movies do you like, Sam Elliott? Which which Western movies get the Sam Elliott pass? Fucking City Slickers? Which one? Name one. Well, he's probably, when he goes to see a Western, he's probably expecting to see Miss Kitty, Saloon Girls, A Duel at High Noon. You know, he wants to see some, um, what's the big Western star? Uh, the one that, um, the one that died that was like, hey, partner. Uh, John <laughs> <laughs> John the one that yeah John we're really butch you can tell we know uh yeah that's what he wants to see not chaps no and there better there better be a scene where if there's two cowboys in the same scene together all they're talking about is how much they love titties and horses titties and, and cattle yeah that, and that's like, we, that's all Sam wants here Miss Kitty's yeah. titties and horses and he wants to see them take off their chaps when they come in the house no they can't even wear chaps. He doesn't yeah. want to see chaps. So two of Power of the Dog stars, Benedict and Cody Smith-McPhee, were asked about this. Benedict said that he's trying very hard to not say anything about Sam's odd comments and he, that he didn't listen to Sam's interview, so he can't fully respond to it. But he said that the movie explores toxic masculinity and gets into what makes a man using the Western archetype mold of masculinity. So he also said it's not a history lesson. These people still exist in our world, whether it's on our doorstep or whether it's down the road or whether it's someone we meet in a bar or pub or on the sports field. There is aggression and anger and frustration and an inability to control or know who you are in that moment that causes damage to that person. And as we know, damage to others around them. Variety asked Cody about it and what he what his thoughts are and he kept it simple he said nothing um he has nothing to say because i'm a mature being and i'm passionate about what i do and i don't really give energy to anything outside of that good luck to him (laughs) good luck to him is very i love that answer because it's very much like good luck to him the man from the remake of a remake of a remake of a star is born good luck to you sam elliott so obviously Sam Elliott hates the power of the dog. Michael, you liked the power of the dog. Um, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. Would you recommend people see it? No, because there's not enough chaps or shirtless men. So absolutely not. 
Oh, no, you sided with Sam Elliott by mistake. I'm the anti-Sam Elliott, yeah, because now I'm like, you, I'm going to write Jane Campion and be like, there really needed to be more chaps and shirtless men in this. And honestly, Sam Elliott probably agrees because he's probably sitting there watching this and it's like, why am I getting all sweaty and hot in the loins? He's like, why is my mustache getting all tingly? <laughs> why do I suddenly want to grab a bottle of lotion? <laughs> Ah, cold sarsaparilla and my favorite pair of chaps. So let's move on to the New York Post claiming that Hollywood insiders are worried about the relationship between Oscar-winning British movie star Daniel Kaluuya and a life strategist slash guru who goes by the name Air Holiness. H-E-I-R, holiness, which is like a play of her holiness, air holiness. Get it? So people are apparently afraid that Daniel is in a get out situation, but without the racism. Mm -hmm. And that he's like trapped by air holiness um, and that she's controlling his life and career. Mm -hmm. This is I feel like this is a tale as old as time in Hollywood. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it can happen. So Daniel has apparently fired a lot of his team and has made Air Holiness his top advisor. And people tell the New York Post that they basically think she's scamming him. She has went private on a lot of her social media pages, but her YouTube is still up. Uh, she hasn't posted anything on there for a while, uh, but it's basically like her giving affirmations in a blue wig. But the bio of her YouTube page explains her like this. My name is Air Holiness, and I am founder of the international alma mater, which is she calls the IAM, a self-love, self-growth, self-realization creation station. Here is where I speak about spiritual principle, processes, practices, and perspectives that guarantee you the rest, power, and prosperity you are. This is what gets you through the boyfriends, the breakups, the breakdowns, all the way to the breakthroughs with grace and ease. I also share the most efficacious, oh my God, how do you say that word? Efficacious? Uh, efficacy? <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> air holiness is tripping me up. Um, the most powerful aspects of spirit to uplift, inspire, and educate you as you move forward fearlessly, this is a divine appointment, and I am so glad you made it. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I mean, I appreciate Air Olinus's enthusiasm. She has a lot of it, because a lot of that bio is like all caps, lots of exclamation yeah. points. Yeah. Michael, you know what they say, love what you do and you don't work a day in your life. Yeah, that's exact. She's following that. Mm-hmm. So she also pushes healing crystals for your car. Yikes. Her bio also says that she's got a BS, MS, and PhD in holistic health, a degree from of Paris Psychic Science from the American Institute of Holistic Theology, and she's a skilled wellness coach. So the post says that her real name is um, Vanilla Salima, and she's a 50-year-old woman from California. Uh, sources say that Daniel met Air Oliness on the set of Black Panther, Daniel's makeup artist, who was into crystals, introduced him to her. Crystals, they're the gateway. Gateway to They are. <laughs> they truly are. Um, she's been in his advisor ever since. So Daniel has fired his agents at CAA. 
He's fired his publicist at Shelter PR. He's fired several assistants and his stylist. And sources tell the New York Post he did it because Air Olinas told him to, basically. She's advising him. Daniel was dating a woman from New York recently. They broke up. Sources say that Air Holiness was behind that, too. Not shocking to hear that. I will be honest. If I was in a relationship with uh, a man who fired literally everyone from his team and replaced them all with uh, somebody who goes by an alias and who has, like, their, uh, you know, PhD in crystals... I'd be like, you know what? It's time for me to check out. This train has pulled into the station. (laughs) I dodged a crystal bullet. So sources also say that during the promo tour for Judas and the Black Messiah, Daniel regularly flew Aerolinus to Los Angeles for spiritual healing, mental exercises, and to help him with his diet. And that while shooting Jordan Peele's new horror movie, Nope, this is a big nope in California, Air Holiness was always on set and everything had to go through her. All decisions regarding Daniel had to go through her. She was apparently a huge pain in the ass. Matt Baloney of Puck News, he's been writing about this. He reports that people working on the movie were concerned about Air Holiness's influence over Daniel and that um, people were afraid of her. And there were a lot of fights involving her. Um. I want I want to know how many times did Jordan Peele try to diffuse the situation with humor? Or he just said, nope, nope to that. Let's just keep making this movie. I'm not going to engage with Air Holiness. He's like, Air Holiness, please do not approach my director's chair. I've already made it very clear. I do not talk to you. And Daniel, he won the Oscar last year. Mm-hmm. And at last year's Oscars, he apparently threw a huge fit because he wanted his mother to be flown in from the UK for the ceremony. And there was a lot of obstacles in doing that because of the pandemic. And Steven Soderbergh even stepped in and talked to the US Secretary of State to see what they could do. And so it was this big thing. And sources blame Air Holiness for that. They say she was behind that. So that she's she's making life difficult for others who are working with Daniel. That's basically what these thoughts are saying right um i obviously you know like i'm not involved in these people's lives but i think speaking just as you know your regular uh dumb dumb idiot how much of a bad move is it by the way if you win an oscar and your career is really good like daniel kalu was uh like his career like if you look at the movies he's done all good stuff excellent work and then he suddenly starts dropping people and putting all of his faith into someone with like an online degree. That might be one of the worst moves. That's like textbook bad moves 101 Hollywood. Yeah, because I mean, we've seen this movie before and it's usually headed to they're going to take all your money. And next thing you know, you have to do Dancing with the Stars. Oh, Daniel's too good for that. No disrespect to Dancing with the Stars, but that man is too good to be doing the cha-cha and the paso doble on Wednesday nights on ABC. But the Post, this kind of takes a little plot twist. The Post asks Hair Holiness about all this. She claims she's only met Daniel a few times, that she doesn't work with him, but that she would love to work with him. So, but there's several photos 
of them together online. And she would was at his birthday last month. I mean, Michael, would you be shocked to learn that a possible scam artist was lying? I'm shocked. If you can't trust her <laughs> like, air holiness, who can you trust? No one. No one. She's the most trust. That YouTube bio alone, I was like, sold. Where do I sign the check? I mean, yeah, she obviously, here's the thing. If enough sources are coming out saying hair holiness was on set every day and was freaking people out and everybody's worried about Daniel Kaluuya and then hair holiness is like, well, listen, I have never actually even met him and I don't work with him. And like Daniel, who, what's his last name? Sorry, who are we talking about? Like, yeah, no, something is very fishy there. Yeah, that might be part of the con. And the Hollywood Reporter, so they did a piece about this year's Oscars. And they mentioned that one Oscar winner from last year isn't vaccinated. And that kind of made things a little, uh, for the ceremony. And a lot of people then thought Daniel Kaluuya, because there's video of Anthony Hopkins getting vaccinated. Yeah, and you know what? I will go on record as saying that I... uh, I need to be gentle with myself. I need to forgive myself because when the Hollywood Reporter published that, I was like, it's Frances McDormand. She gives off major anti-vax vibes. It's 100% her. Like, I was so sure in my decision. I was like, Daniel Kaluuya is so smart. He he definitely is vaccinated. But now that I have learned what I have learned, uh, I'm willing to reverse my position. Very sorry to Frances McDormand. <laughs> Frances was also at the New York Film Festival and you had to be vaccinated to yes. be involved in that. So that's why I kind of figure maybe as Daniel because yeah. they all seem vaccinated but um hopefully he gets out pun intended of this mm-hmm. because yeah this isn't right this seems this is scary sketchy etc cetera, etc cetera. and like when a f- grown woman tells you her name is air holiness and she's like a spiritual gangster which is what <laughs> she calls herself like if a grown woman tells you she's a spiritual gangster that's a red flag let her know listen Gwyneth Paltrow already exists and I'm not fucking with her either so goodbye yeah there's there's only there's one scam artist in Hollywood she's made herself very well known you know what you're getting into with Gwyneth Paltrow hair hair holiness a little bit murkier waters there yeah you don't know run the other way yeah (laughs) and you know Scientology is pissed about this they're like we we could have trapped him in a cult oh i know someone's kicking themselves at uh the big blue building this week okay so let's end this part with a question from twitter dan or orlovsky who is a retired nfl player he asked twitter what is one food item that you ate a lot of as a kid that you will never eat as an adult so his was hamburger helper Okay. Others chimed in with Twinkies. There was a lot of bologna, uh, bologna answers. Mm-hmm. Twinkies, bologna and cheese on Wonder Bread, potted meat, tuna fish, ketchup and rice, fish sticks, Stouffer's French bread pizzas, SpaghettiOs, canned cheese, Lunchables nachos, canned cranberries, how dare they, and... Tuna helper and microwave meals. So there was a lot, uh, a lot of baloney. Uh, Allison, what what is yours? Okay, well that list baffles me because there are many things on that list that I've actually eaten in the past month. So I don't understand where people are coming from there. 
but I've got a really simple answer for me. Um, I mean, like I said, I, I eat tons of stuff that I ate as a kid, but the one thing that I will not touch now is super sugary breakfast cereals. So like I'm just umbrella-ing the whole thing. I'm talking about like, okay, when I was a kid, this is just a, for example, like growing up in Canada, we didn't have cookie crisp, right? And, but I got, we lived close enough to Buffalo that I would get all the commercials on like WNED and like Fox and stuff like that. And there was always commercials for cookie crisp. And like, I would have given my left arm to eat cookie crisp. And I finally did when I was a kid, it was the best thing I'd ever eaten. Like the commercial lived up to it. It was so good. I knew that I wouldn't be able to get it again for like years. Like maybe my family goes to Florida and I try it again. Um, And then I tried it as an adult and it was the grossest thing I'd ever eaten in in my life. Like it was like one spoonful in. I was like, this is disgusting. So cookie crisp was your number one as a child? That Yeah, that was all I wanted to eat. What other sugary cereals did you eat as a child? Okay, well, I grew up in a house where we didn't get to eat that many sugary cereals. So it had to be a real treat. Um, so like the ones that I loved were tricks, fruity pebbles, oh, lucky charms, so much lucky charms, um, like corn pops. Oh, uh, I know I, again, I would have like done anything to get my hands on Count Chocula. And again, it's like the one time that I got to eat it, it was so good. So Count Chocula was right up there, but literally all those cereals now make me feel like I'm going to barf. Oh, so now you can't eat any of them. Not a spoonful, nothing. Well, I have recently, like I've tried and they're just so gross to me. I don't know what it is. Like I had. Yeah, it's too much sugar. It's so much sugar and they're like soggy and it's just, it's like not crunchy enough. Like my favorite cereal right now is probably plain Cheerios, like low sugar Cheerios. That's a delicious cereal. And um, my daughter's really into Fruit Loops right now. And so like sometimes like she'll get Fruit Loops and I'll eat a bowl of it. And I'm just like, this is. I don't like this. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> it's pretty gross. Like I'll give her a couple bowls and then be like, maybe this goes to the trash now. <laughs> so more, more, more Fruit Loops for her. Yeah, exactly. Okay, what's the what's something that you won't eat as an adult? I have a few of these because I grew up. We weren't allowed any junk food, so sugar was the work of the devil in my house. So we had to get creative. Um, like if our snack options were like vegetables and fruits. So if we didn't want that, we had to get creative. So one of my go-tos was like janky nachos. I'd take like saltines, put them on a plate, put Kraft Singles on them, microwave that until the Kraft Singles got really crispy, sometimes burnt. And that, I loved it. It was like my go-to, go-to. Um, I made that all the time. Another thing, like if I wanted something sweet, I drank sugar water. Uh, oh, if Michael. I, if I wanted something a step above sugar water, it was, it's kind of like, I didn't even get, I didn't get any sugary cereal ever. So I kind of had to make my own. So I would take like raw oats, like, you know, for oatmeal. And I would add sugar and cinnamon and stir that up and eat it. It was like a deconstructed granola bar. Okay. Desperate times. And then another thing um, that I ate, and I still eat this actually today is like, uh, it was a trashy quesadilla. So I take a corn tortilla, I'd heat it up on the stove and then I would put a plop of like cream cheese in the middle of it, fold it. And there you go. That sounds good though. 
That's that's not gross. I still eat that because it's just so easy. So there, there, and I can go on and on. There was a lot of things that we had to come up with. We had to get creative, and none of the like. I don't eat the trashy nachos anymore. I'm I'm a little ele- elevated my gourmetness a little bit. You're melting craft singles on Doritos now, right? Yeah, exactly. I stepped it up. Um, okay, but the one thing that they mentioned, though, like in that list was Hamburger Helper. Have you had Hamburger Helper recently? I don't think I've ever had Hamburger Helper. Really? Mm-mm. I'd say you're missing out, but that would not be the truth. No, I know that I'm not missing out with that. I've made like homemade Hamburger Helper. Yeah. But I, no, that box, it looks like. I'm going to end up on the toilet all night and not in a sexy way. <laughs> I I can confirm that to you. I've eaten it recently and it's not it's not worth putting in your body. Michael, where did you think Lindsay Lohan's career would be in the year 2022? Um four Oscars, um a 10 picture deal. Um the Hollywood sign named af- renamed after her because she'd be ruling Hollywood. So it'd be Lohan Land. Um, shall I go on? No, no, I think I get the idea. Uh, I, I, think, <laughs> I think my brain was probably in the same headspace as you. I also would have assumed that. Um, but for uh, any haters out there who didn't think that's where her career would be, well, guess what? She's Her career is doing very well right now. Um, so Lindsay Lohan has a Christmas movie coming out at Christmas called Wait For It, Falling For Christmas, which I think... Think, I can't remember who wrote about this on D-Listed, but they said that it was basically like a Christmas version of uh, Overboard. And so, I mean, whatever, I'll watch it. Sounds great. But she's not just doing one Christmas movie for Netflix. Netflix gave her two more movies. They don't say what they are, but they just said Lindsay Lohan has a, I want to say it like an old Hollywood. She's got a two picture deal with Netflix and they're going to be original movies that she's going to star in. Probably Christmas movies. Do you think so? Those are usually low budget, right? Mm, Netflix has budget, though. I watch the Netflix Christmas movies. There's some money there. Not a lot, but a little bit more than Hallmark. Just whatever she does, don't put her in the Babysitter's Club. Don't put her in Stranger Things because she's going to try to kidnap those kids. (laughs) It's true. Anything but that. Put her in Emily in Paris. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh, imagine if she gets an Emily in Paris movie. Except it's like Lindsay and Lindsay in London or something. I'd watch it. Lindsay in Latvia. <laughs> All right. So speaking of people going places, um, Pete Davidson might go to space. So he's in talks to go on Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin space mm-hmm. shuttle, just like all the other you know big name celebrities that have been on the Blue Origin space flight, like William Shatner and others. That's it. <laughs> That's the it. end. The end. William Shatner and <laughs> William Shatner and then maybe Pete Davidson actually. So it hasn't been confirmed. He's just in talks to perhaps go on one of the Blue Origin flights, which they're, I mean, how long are they? They're like... Minutes. Yeah, they're like four minutes long. Yeah. I mean, it's one way to get away from Kanye. Michael, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was exactly going to say that. <laughs> Unless Kanye, like, uh, stowaways. Yeah, it's true. Or Kanye West's ego is so, like, big, it's kind of like helium. He'll probably just, like, float up there and wave to Pete hey, outside hey, of the window. Hey, Skeet. <laughs> hey, Skeet. How's it going, buddy? And Pete's going to film right at home, like, in space because he's hanging around the Kardashians all the time and they look like aliens. 
Yeah, an alien goes past the thing. He's like, Kim, how'd you get up here? Um, all right. So, Michael, have you ever seen Chicago on Broadway? Yes. Have you? No, I no, I have not seen a Broadway show ever. Um, well, have you ever seen it? Tours everywhere. I'm yeah, sure it's it's toured to it's, your living room before. It literally tours in every. <laughs> it, it hits yeah. every possible venue it can. There's like a bathroom at a McDonald's. It's like this weekend, Chicago. I've never seen it in real life. I've only seen the movie, which I like it. I like that movie. <laughs> um, so when you saw Chicago, were there any notable celebrities playing Roxy Hart or Velma Kelly? I saw it early on. So I saw B.B. Newworth. Oh, incredible. Okay. I don't remember who was Roxy. I th- I it was a Broadway star and she was great. So you you haven't seen when they do like the stunt casting. Like I remember Ashley Simpson was Roxy Hart in Chicago. Who who else? Um, was, was Rosie O'Donnell like Velma who, Kelly or something? Who has been now? in it? Lisa yeah. Rena. Oh right, okay. Billy Ray Cyrus, Wendy Williams. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> Christy Brinkley, Rumor Willis. Wonderful. Uh, Jerry Springer. So really only the creme de la creme of Broadway, of actors who can sing and dance, really. Yeah, yeah, this is for, like, real Broadway people, people that are really into musical theater. So Pamela Anderson will join all of those people, including, like, Jerry Springer, Wendy Williams. She's doing an eight-week bit uh, on Broadway's Chicago from April to June. She'll be playing Roxy Hart, which I don't want to call Pamela Anderson old. I'm not going to do that because she is ageless. Roxy Hart to me feels like somebody who is in their 20s. Really? No, I think Roxy... No, I think Roxy Hart... Roxy Hart can be any age. But I think it's better if she's not in her 20s. I mean, wasn't Gwen Verdon playing Roxy Hart when she was, like, in her 70s? She should have been if she wasn't. But yeah, I I don't think that's really... But they usually, with Chicago, they usually stunt cast Roxy Mm -hmm. because I think there's less dancing. Like Velma, there's a lot of dancing. So usually they get a pro for that. It's true. Roxy Hart does have one number where she's sitting on Billy Flynn's lap the whole time. Yeah, so... (laughs) So are, um, are you are you going to... You should... Are you going to make um, Pamela Anderson in Chicago your first Broadway show? I know, I know you're booking the flights and tickets right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm on the uh, TK's uh, website right now. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'd say I'd see, see, I would definitely see this. I think it'd be great. Um, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Michael, did you not ever watch Barbed Wire or VIP? Okay. Yeah. But she didn't she, sing and dance in those. Yeah. But she entertained. So you think she's going to pull this off? I think so. I, I, if I was a producer on the night that she debuts at the merch table, I would debut Chicago brand earplugs. They'll probably <laughs> sell sell out within seconds. Um. Okay. So Jody Turner Smith is married to Joshua Jackson, aka Dawson's Creek's Pacey. He hasn't been that literally in like twenty five years, but for some of us he'll always be pacey um so he's gonna be in the fatal attraction tv show the remake that's being made and um jody turner smith was asked about that and she said i can't wait to see my husband fucking on screen again did you watch the affair i'm like let's go michael imagine having that kind of enthusiasm for your spouse (laughs) 
<laughs> that's like that's a cheerleader. That's a real cheerleader. Yeah, she's cheering. She, she's doing. She's the um. You're doing great, sweetie. Sweetie of wives. Yeah, she gets her horny seeing Joshua Jackson seeing Pacey fuck. I mean, on screen gets her. If she ever wants to feel the opposite of horny, then she should watch him in Cruel Intentions and look at that die job, because uh, that'll probably dry her coochie right up. Yeah, that's a horny killer. Yeah. That's an unquestionable horny killer. <laughs> um, okay, so, Michael, have you ever tried a thigh master? No. Have you? Uh, yeah, I have. I can't remember where. I found one at a friend's house or whatever. They're hard. They're very difficult to use. Do you have rock hard thighs now because of it? Yeah, I used it once, and you can bounce quarters off my... <laughs> and it stayed that way. Yeah, it stayed that way yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the thigh master came out in, like, 1991. And it was the pitch person was Suzanne Summers, a.k.a. Chrissy Snow, a.k.a. the mom from Step by Step. And obviously the Thighmaster was huge. Like that was a huge thing in the 90s, that infomercial. And she was on a podcast recently and she was talking about the Thighmaster. And she was asked kind of like, how much do you think you've made off the Thighmaster since its debut in the 90s? She wouldn't say how much she's made, but she did say that since it's released, um, she has sold 10 million thigh masters, but she thinks the number is closer probably to 15 million. And thigh masters are 19.99 each. So one of the podcast hosts calculated that out and they said that it's probably about $300 million that's been made off of the thigh master, which she wouldn't deny. Yeah, and she that's not everything she pocketed. But she did say that when they started, she owned 55 50 50 her and her partners it was 50 50 mm-hmm. and then things got shady and she bought them out so now she owns 100 percent. she says of thigh master she's a thigh master businesswoman yeah no wonder she's a trump supporter she does she wants to keep on to as much thigh master money as she can oh no michael i forgot about that <laughs> oh no okay well then you know what i don't feel so bad about telling people to go and buy the knockoff thigh masters from amazon yeah now. Yeah, because they exist. They're out there. Tell them left and right. Yeah, tell them left and right. <laughs> yeah, they're called like thigh strong use or something. Like it's definitely a knockoff, but go ahead and get one. Okay, so the Batman is a Batman movie. <laughs> wow, redundancy. And it came out this weekend. Colin Farrell is in it. He plays the Penguin. Um, and if you've looked, if you've seen the Batman, or if you've looked at pictures of uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, the Penguin looks nothing like Colin Farrell. Like they really put some no. pros- they put House of Gucci prosthetics on that man. They put and- every everybody's prosthetics from House of Gucci. They put on Colin Farrell. He's like in a mountain of prosthetics. Maybe the only thing that belongs to him is his eyes. Maybe. Oh yeah, there's like a bald cap on a wig on a bald cap on a wig and like two noses. It's in- it's insane. Doesn't look like him. But they made an action figure of the Penguin because I mean it's a Batman movie. They're gonna make it action figures. And he was on James Corden and James Corden like brought up the action figure and essentially said what we all could tell, which is that the action figure doesn't look anything like Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell said that he thinks the eyebrows are kind of okay, but he said the body is very different. He said specifically the crotch and that the crotch on his action figure is too ample. I look like I'm wearing a sumo thing. The crotch is all wrong. But far too ample. If you want, do you, do you agree? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm not looking at the crotches of action figures. Well, then what are you doing? 
I mean, I yeah, I gotta look. Yeah. I have to examine my priorities <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I need to go to an eye doctor and be like, check out these eyes. Why aren't they looking at crotches as much? But I mean, do you think it's too big? Well, no, because the crotch on this action figure is like rectangle. It's like Lego dick. So basically, he's saying I don't have Lego dick, and he doesn't. We those who've seen the sex tape, we know, and no, it's it's probably not ample enough. Yeah, I mean, he says too ample like it's a bad thing. Make it more ample. More crotch. All crotch. Just an action figure that's just crotch. That brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, As always, if you have a note or a question for us, you can email us at dtp at delisted.com. And we'll be back next week. See you then, Michael. See you then. Bye. Bye.